0: Today's scripture reading is from Acts 2, 42 to 47.
1: And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done to the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need, and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising god and having favor with all people and the lord added to their number day by day those who who were being saved this is the living word of god for us today
0: amen thank you to the toy family for reading our scripture this morning uh, if you're catching up with us, we are in a four-week series called Made for This. In fact, today is week four. It's the last of that series. And I just want to recap a bit where we've been so we can kind of put a uh, an exclamation point on this series this morning. We started off in week one saying... What we're all made for, deep down, every human being, is to love God with everything we are and to love our neighbor as ourself. The great commandment, so to speak, that Jesus gave. And we've recognized that this is a unique moment in our world, and, and God would call us to love him and love our neighbor in some unique ways. And the question that Lloyd led us in last week is, what do we have to offer? You know, that story of... of that man who said, uh, um, asked for money. And Peter said, listen, I don't have gold or silver, but what I have, I give. What do we have to give? And the answer to that is, well, not much, just life. wholehearted life in Jesus is what we have to offer what we have to give and so we've given you this simple little tool we call it the transformational pathway and we've encouraged you to use this tool to engage conversation and prayer with people that God puts in your path and it's very simple what are you thinking what are you feeling what are you hoping for And can I pray with you right now? And I'm telling you guys, if you haven't tried this out yet, it actually is a wonderful little way to have a conversation with someone. You bump into somebody you know, maybe you're on a Zoom call. Let these four questions stay in your mind and stay in your heart to help them navigate what's going on inside their heart. And then it ends with that that wonderful question, can I pray with you right now? Because we know ultimately what their heart needs most is God and connection to God comes through Jesus Christ alone. Now, this morning, we're going to wrap up this series. Uh, Next week, we're going to get back into our study of Colossians. So if you've been with us before the pandemic, you know that we were um, about three-fourths or a little more away uh, through our study of Colossians. We hit the pause button. We're going to unpause that next week and begin to finish Colossians. And I'm excited about that next week. But today, we're going to spend time asking ourselves, what was the church made for? both our church and the church. And the best place to to get to that question is the text that the Toy family read to us, Acts 2, verses 42 to 47. So if you haven't opened your Bibles yet, I would encourage you to go ahead and do that. We're gonna ask ourselves today, what can we learn from the very first Christians? Because we believe... By looking at the example, by looking at the the pathway that they followed to help people find life in Christ, we'll be able to move forward ourselves. And by the way, I'll say this, most of the morning today is going to be reflecting on what God already has been doing through us and through our church in conjunction with these verses. In fact, this morning is going to be a bit of a celebration Sunday as we're going to use this text first to teach it, exposit it, and then walk back through it a second time and say, do you see how God has been playing out these same themes in our lives in the last two months? Because this really is the living word of God for us today. So let's jump into our text. We're going to begin with the first couple of verses here, Acts 2. 42 and 43 is where we're going to start. Here's the context for this verse. The day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit has come. Peter preached an amazing sermon, and 3,000 people put their trust in Christ all in one day. And then the very next verse we get says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Here's what stood out immediately about the church. They were devoted to four things. And I don't want to call this out in the text. If you have a pen or a pencil, I would encourage you to underline it. Four things this first church was devoted to. They, were de- they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, number one. Fellowship, number two. Breaking of bread, number three. And prayers, number four. Those are the four things that the church kind of gave itself to or devoted itself to. And I want to work through each of them one by one and see what we can learn from them. The first one, uh, the apostles' teaching. Now, some of you might be thinking, okay, so these are like, you know, pastors preaching sermons. Yes and no. Uh, this is not like Rob and Lloyd just taking a text and expositing it. They, they were literally the men who had been with Jesus Christ. There, there's something significant about apostle. It was the 12, you know, and there were 12. And then, you know, Judas betrayed Jesus and killed himself. So then the spirit led them to choose another to take his place. And the qualification for that new disciple or apostle was it had to be someone who was with Jesus from the beginning. So all 12 of these apostles were eyewitnesses to Jesus' teaching, to Jesus' miracles, and God gave them authority now to teach. And their words became the gospels. Their words became the epistles. Their words of these apostles became our New Testament. So it wasn't just like Rob and Lloyd teaching the Bible. It was actually the authority of God himself speaking through these apostles. How did he authenticate their message? Through The wonders and signs, look at verse 43. Many wonders and signs were being done through who? Any random people in the church? No, the apostles. And it was God's stamp of authenticity on the message that he had given them. So maybe in our vernacular, a good modern equivalent would be like, this church devoted themselves to the authority of God's word and to obeying the teaching of Jesus Christ. As these apostles taught and retold. Uh, John Stott wrote one of my favorite commentaries On the book of Acts And and he writes a helpful comment on this verse He said One might perhaps say That the Holy Spirit opened a school in Jerusalem that day Its teachers were the apostles whom Jesus had appointed And there were 3,000 pupils in the kindergarten I like the image that that gives So that's the apostles teaching Let's talk about this next one Fellowship Uh, This one's an important word for many reasons. But one is, our name comes from this word. Fellowship Bible Church. In fact, it's from this very text, this passage, where the the origin of that name comes from. Fellowship Bible Church. So let's talk about this word fellowship. We need to know a little something about what it means if it's our namesake. Uh, It comes from an important Greek word. I'll write it up here in the margin. Koinonia koinonia. Now koinonia, we translate it fellowship. It's more rich than that. It's more than just people getting along well or, you know, people doing life together. It's actually sharing something. It comes from the Greek root koine, which means common. It's to have something in common. It's to share something in common. Uh, It's an important word, and we're going to see that word come back in a future verse. So that's fellowship. So you have here the apostles teaching We have fellowship. Let's talk about the third, the breaking of bread. This was sharing meals together, but more specifically, sharing the Lord's table. Breaking the bread to remember the broken body of Christ. Sharing the cup to remember the shared blood of Christ. They were doing that as an important part of their worship. And then finally, fourthly, prayers. Uh, These were individual prayers, but in this context, probably more communal prayers, community prayers. It was a big part of their worship. They were prayer-centered in their worship gatherings. Uh, Let's go on and, and see what else we can learn about this early church. All who believed were together, this is verse 44, and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Now these two verses answer the question, what did the koinonia look like? What did the fellowship look like? Well, here it is. Notice you get the word common. Guess what? That's the root word where we get koinonia from. So I'll I'll draw a line up here and, and just write it. This is the word koina. It means common. Now there's one other word besides koinonia that comes from this same root. And it's another important word for us and also for this passage. There's another Greek word from the same root, koinonikos, which means generosity. So you see how all of these things flow together. The fellowship had all things in common and it created in them a generosity that was being lived out in a powerful way. And that's what this text is getting after here. So so here's the picture that I wanna give you of what's going on. And, And this feels different for us, but this is a great picture of the church. They thought of church, as a family. Got that for a minute. In a family, you share things. So, thinking about, you know, be, be in your family kitchen, you, you look around your family kitchen, there's, there's, there's a, a table, there's a refrigerator. You don't say, that's my refrigerator, stay away. No, you say, that's our refrigerator, that's our loaf of bread, that's our gallon of milk. This is how the church thought of itself as a family, not mine, ours. Now, where do they get this from? This is how Jesus operated with his disciples and his followers throughout his ministry. Those three years, they had a common purse. And so now the apostles are leading this, you know, group, and they're doing it the same way Jesus did it. They're saying, we're going to have a common purse. We're going to share. We're going to be a family. And that's the kind of generosity. That's the kind of what they had in common. That's the kind of fellowship that they had. Now, 3,000 people were a part of this family. You think that gets complicated? (laughs) It sure does. We're gonna see that play out. When you read the rest of Acts, you'll see that that play out. But the apostles were committed to this idea of sharing things, of having fellowship, koinonia, together. Uh, Let's continue in our text and, and see what else we can learn. Day by day, verse 46, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. These verses teach us about the church's worship and the church's witness. In their worship, they gathered in the temple area. Uh, These were only in the early days before the persecution broke out where they allowed to kind of gather in the temple and and they would have used that that temple plaza and they would have gathered in, in larger groups for corporate worship. But most of their gathering happened, guess where? In homes, home churches. And most of their worship happened over food. So here again, a reference to food, a reference to breaking bread, sharing food, receiving food again, uh, and all of these. Now, uh, they weren't just keeping this party to themselves, because that's the way I think about this. All these little mini worship celebrations in homes over food, it's like a party. It's a celebration. And they weren't keeping that to themselves. They weren't saying, hey, this is a good thing. We're going to, you know, uh, keep it to us and don't let anybody else in. Oh, no. That's not how the church has ever worked. In fact, the church has always been outward reaching. The movement of the spirit is always outward, inviting others in. John Stott again says it this way. The Holy Spirit is a missionary spirit who created a missionary church. So the church is always moving outward. It's celebrating and then it's bringing the party out to those that aren't yet in. Now notice the end here. Notice who it was that was adding to their number day by day. It wasn't the apostles adding to their number, it wasn't the church members adding to their number, although they were all witnessing and they were all, you know, sharing their faith and inviting others into the party. It was the Lord The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So Christians doing their part out in their marketplace and in their workplaces and in the the other homes that they're in, but the true work of regeneration, of true conversion is always God's. It is Jesus Christ himself through his spirit who saves individuals. We have a part to play. God does his work. It's beautiful the way that happens. So how would we summarize all that we've learned in these short few minutes about this early church from this spectacular passage? How would you describe the early church? Here's how I would describe them. They were a learning church, a loving church, a worshiping church, and an evangelistic church. Wouldn't that be what we would long for and pray for for our own body, our own gathering? Uh, I want you to think about these four things in the context of relationships. Here's what I mean. A a learning church has a right relationship with God's word. A learning church is a word-centered church. A loving church has a right relationship with one another. You might say that kind of church is is better together. They care for each other. They love one another. A worshiping church has a right relationship with God himself. You could say they were spirit dependent. You see these values starting to flow out. And an evangelistic church has a right relationship with the world around them. They're not about themselves. They're courageously real. They're, they're moving out into their community. So these kinds of characteristics and these kinds of relationships is what made the early church so spectacular. And what I want you to see in this is they're not so high and and, and up there and untouchable. These were normal people, normal broken people, sinful people, just like us. But guess what they had? The spirit of Christ in them. Guess what we have? The spirit of Christ in us. These four things, I'll put it this way make up a great picture of a group of people experiencing wholehearted life in Jesus, like committed to Christ with all that they are. The church was made for this. And so are we. I really like the challenge that N.T. Wright gives in his commentary on this passage. Here's what he wrote. Where the church today finds itself stagnant, unattractive, humdrum, and shrinking, and sadly, there are many churches of which that has to be admitted, it's time to read Acts 2, 42 to 47. Get down our knees and ask, what isn't happening that should be happening? The gospel hasn't changed. God's power hasn't diminished. People still need rescuing. What are we doing about it? So this is where I want to shift our focus. We, we, we've dived into the text. We've unpacked it. We've seen what it has for us. And now I want to talk about our church. And, and I want to say this, not just how we might live these things out, although that's a wonderful message as well, but how God is living these things out through us and how he has been uh, even in the, the context that, that we've been in even in the context where we would say it's been a hard season, it's been a quarantine season, it's been a season of pandemic, but God has been on the move and he's been on the move in a spectacular way. And I want you to see that. So with that in mind, I wanna walk back through this text together and we're going to look at how God has been on the move for us. The first thing that I want you to see is in verse 42. Let's ask the question, how has this verse been lived out among us? And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayer's. One of the most important ways that we, I believe, have been diverse, again, by God's grace, by the power of the Holy Spirit, are through the daily texts that we've been in. Um, Believe it or not, there have been 56 days of text. At the beginning, and you've gotten 56 days of text. Others of you came somewhere along the way. For 56 days, we've been devoting ourselves to God's word and to prayer. And if you wanna track back through seven days on God's sovereignty, uh, seven days on God's providence, seven days on God's glory, that was kind of the first 21 days. And, And then we took a week where we walked through Passion Week, Holy Week with Jesus Christ. And then since then, in the 28 days since, we've been looking at the prayers of the Bible. 14 days on the prayers of the Old Testament, seven days on the prayers of the New Testament, and these most recent seven on the Lord's Prayer. And these texts, these biblical prayers have been teaching us how to pray by God's grace. He's called us to this. Here's the interesting thing about this. We could have done this apart from the pandemic, apart from the quarantine. In fact, we've done something similar in the past, but we didn't have plans to. Because of the way the circumstances worked them way out, we didn't have to do this. Guess who did? God had plans for us to do this. God put it on our hearts at the very beginning of this. We need to stay together. We need to keep this in common. Devotion to God's word, devotion to prayer. And that's why we've been engaging in this together. And I think you'll be excited to know we've had over 3,000 people that have been subscribed to these texts. And if you're one of those 3,000, thank you for engaging this. Praise God for what he's done in all of our hearts through this. It's very significant. So we are grateful for that. Let's keep moving to the next verse and see how else God has been playing out this text in our lives. All who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Uh, There is a amazing way that we have been living this out, and many of you don't even know about this, Uh, but a number of weeks ago, we decided that we were going to create a Facebook group, That was going to be an opportunity for people to post needs that they may have and for others who would see those needs to meet those needs. Uh, We actually have two groups one attached to our Brentwood campus Facebook page, one attached to our Franklin campus Facebook page. And you can see on the screen, just a, a screenshot, a little bit of what that looks like. It's been marvelous. We've had some fantastic stories emerge from this. Uh, I can't share them all with you, but a couple that have stood out to me, we we had a a family that said, hey, uh, my mom is moving in with us and we need some extra furniture and and enlisted some very specific things. And those specific needs were met, I mean, almost immediately. Uh, We had another individual that even recently during, during all the power outages, you know, went on the needs board and said, hey, I've got a generator and I'm willing to bring it to anybody who needs it. We had another individual very early on that said, if anybody needs toilet paper or food or a prayer, I love that part, I'll bring it to you. you know, I'm delivering toilet paper, food, and prayers and just let me know what you need and, and, I'm, and I'm on my way. This is the body of Christ being the body of Christ. And guys, let me tell you, when the church is the church, there is nothing like it. So this text has really been lived out in our context, in these days. By the way, it's not too late to join those groups. If you go to our Facebook page, either Fellowship Brentwood or Fellowship Franklin, you'll see a link about the (laughs) on that. And then we will approve you uh, to be a part of that group if you're a part of our body. And we would encourage you to keep engaging in this needs board. So thank you all who have been a part of that. Let's keep going through this because there's more. Verse 46 day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. I don't know about you, but this verse has taken on a new significance for me in, in the season of, of at-home worship, of quarantine worship. You know, there's a sense that we're attending the temple together, and, but we're also at the very same time breaking bread in our homes. Uh, I love the way that we've been able to, to keep the Lord's table in common, you know, and and keep koinonia, keep fellowship around the Lord's table during this time. We've had to do it differently, but it's been very significant. We'll show you a few photos of what that has looked like for families to engage. You can see the communion elements there. We'll go ahead and go to another one. Uh, Here you see the communion elements, and uh, I happen to know where this one came from. This is from my mom and dad, South Carolina kids' artwork in the back. And by the way, I want to just take a moment and say happy Mother's Day to my wonderful mom. Love you. And let's go on to uh, one more photo that you can see of the Lord's table. I don't know who this is, and I don't know how they got so fancy, but I want to come over to their house uh, for the Lord's Supper. They're doing it right there. So just how special, whatever you have, you know, a little crust of bread, a little juice, maybe you don't even have grape juice, some other kinds of juice. This is us. Is celebrating the table together, remembering what Jesus has done for us. Um, another way that this has played out in our worship is we're, we're all gathered around screens, but we've been able to stay connected. Who can forget Easter Sunday morning at the end of that service with that slideshow of all the pictures of all of us gathered, and we'll just show you a few of these. Uh, you, you can see there that the Deshong family that are worshiping together and the Frenzel family uh, that's there. I don't know who that is, but I call them the Feet family. Uh, Pretty cool. Uh, uh, Sutherland family uh, that's there worshiping together. And uh, I apologize. I have no idea who that is either, but that baby is just amazing. So we had to have that one on there. So the body of Christ scattered in our homes, doing church kind of the New Testament way, the book of Acts way, yet still having things in common, still fellowshipping together. You feel some energy from this. This is what God has been up to in our lives. Uh, Let's keep going and we'll finish out the text with two more verses. Verse 47, praising God, having favor with all the people. The Lord added uh, to their number day by day those who were being saved. Oh, this is the last verse. Okay, let's break it down phrase by phrase. I I wanna talk first about this idea of, of having favor with all the people. Now, Lloyd, last week, and really for the last two weeks, has been encouraging us to pray with people. You know, ask those questions to help them engage their heart and then say, can I pray with you right now? And some of you have been doing that. Uh, We've asked you to share your story, either share a story of that or any other way that God's been at work in your life during this season. And we've gotten some great videos and we want to share with you a couple of these videos so that you can see how God has been working this out in people's lives. So this first one comes from Will Heidel. Uh, Let's take a look. Hey, so this made for this series has been really challenging to me personally Uh, My son and I went to breakfast the other morning at uh, Franklin Mercantile Deli in downtown Franklin, and the owner was there. His name's Graham. And I just went up to him, and I just said, hey, man, congrats on reopening. He said, you know, it's been really hard. And I so appreciated his courage to share that, and we continued to talk. And then we said our goodbyes, and I walked out to my car. And as I'm walking out to my car, I just... Sense that the spirit was leading me to pray for him. So I went back into the restaurant and I said, Graham, I so appreciate your courage to share that it's been hard, man. Can I pray for you? And he willingly said, yes, I'll definitely take prayer. So we prayed and it was definitely a gift to me and I know it was to him as well. Amen, thank you for sharing that, Will. Uh, One of the things I love about that story is uh, God put it on Will's heart after the fact, I mean, the, the Holy Spirit convicted him. He went back into the restaurant. It's kind of a similar story that we heard last week um, when, when somebody prayed with the, the delivery person, you know, the FedEx person. These are people that God has put in our path and we are led by the Spirit. And when we obey the Spirit, amazing things happen. How many times do you go throughout your day and the Spirit's telling you something and you just kind of ignore it and you kind of keep going? What a great example. The Spirit prompts you, move, act, do, this is active faith. I want to show you one more video. This one from Carthy Masters. Take a look.
1: So there was this Facebook post by a Muslim woman in my neighborhood who was concerned about her daughter who was sick. And I called her up right on Messenger and uh, asked her, hey, you know, you're Muslim. I used to be Hindu, but I'm Christian now. Would you mind if I prayed to Jesus, you know, with you? And... She said, sure, kind of like, you know, the prayers are all going to go to the same place, sort of, anyway. And I didn't correct her theology or anything, but I did pray with her. And then I got to take home a sample of her chicken tikka masala, which was amazing.
0: I love that so much. Um, Notice what Carthy did. She realized, hey, this is not the time for for a a theology debate right now, but I want to take her to Jesus. So she said, can I, I, I pray for you in the name of Jesus? And, and that relationship that is able to start or continue and over through the prayer and, and the food is gonna be something that the spirit can use to bear fruit. So again, just another example of God at work all around us. And by the way, I wanna say this, keep sending us your stories. Keep sending us these stories because we wanna keep celebrating God at work. And over the coming weeks, we'll be sharing more of these stories. Uh, You'll see on the screen right now how to do that. And it doesn't have to be a story of you praying with someone. It certainly can be. Here's the question that we want you to ask. How have you seen God at work in this season? And however you'd answer that question, how have you seen God at work? Share your story with us because we want to give God the glory. We want to celebrate what's going on so we can worship and praise God. Um, I wanna go back to this last phrase here in verse 47. Maybe the most important, I would say the most important in this verse, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Of course he did, because that's what he does. That's the purpose of church. You know, This is what happens when the church is being the church. That's what he was doing in Acts 2, 2,000 years ago. That's what he's doing now in 2020. Could it be even here in our little fellowship, in our little community of faith? Absolutely. I've saved the best for last. We've had a number of people in our body during this quarantine season make a decision to trust Christ. And I wanna share their names with you. These are each individuals who have taken these significant steps of faith in this season. And so I'm I'm gonna read their names and we're gonna have a chance to worship with them, celebrate with them and welcome them into this family. Esther Boyd, Ben Byron, Cameron Cunningham, Zeland Gonzalez, Miles Hoffman, Pace Mueller, and Avis myth. And I hope all of you are watching right now. And those are just the ones we we know about. There there may be more, uh, but I want to say to you all, those whose names I just read and any others who've taken significant steps of faith in this season, welcome to the family. And I mean that the, the big family of God, you know, the universal church, absolutely. And welcome to this family. Welcome to this fellowship right here in middle Tennessee. You belong with Christ. He's called you to him. You've said yes, and now you're a part of this family. The Lord is adding to our number those who are being saved. This is his work. It is not our work. This is not about our church as a brand, as an entity. This is about God's bride. This is about the, the, the body of Christ that he is working all around the world. So how might we describe all that God has been doing around us even in our church in this season? By God's grace, I'd say we are becoming the church he desires for us to be. A learning church, a loving church, a worshiping church, an evangelistic church. Here's how we're going to close the morning. Uh, In Luke 15, 7, Jesus told his disciples that every time someone who was lost gets found, every time someone... Who repents, finds grace, there is great rejoicing in heaven. The image in my head is of the angels throwing a party. There's celebration in heaven. So I want you to think about this. Here's what's been going on in the last eight weeks. And I know this has been a hard season. For some of you, it's been extremely hard. But I want you to also know while God has been with you in your hardship, God has been with you in your brokenness, at the very same time, do you know what God's been doing? He's also been celebrating. All of heaven has been celebrating while we've been quarantined away because the Holy Spirit is on the move and new life is being birthed. And so we're gonna celebrate that. That's how we're gonna close our service. We're gonna do that in in a way that I'm I'm really excited about. Um, One of my personal favorite things to come out of this quarantine at our church is a video that you're about to watch. And it's a worship video. Uh, You're gonna have a chance to sing along with it and I want you to sing along with it. But I wanna give you some context for this. Uh, Our kids worship leaders at the Franklin campus put this together. It's all volunteers and, you know, instrumentalists, vocalists, and they called a lot of kids to be a part of it too. Uh, And they, they put all this together from their homes, stitched it together, did a fantastic job. It is such a joyful expression of worship. And the words are so true and appropriate for this morning as we celebrate new birth. So let's sing along, turn the volume up on your computer or your stereo and let's celebrate together. Let's worship together and thank God for all that he's been doing among us. So good so good so joyful thank you for that small army of volunteers that put that together and and I don't want to miss an opportunity to especially thank uh to Dave Bechtel and Alex Kinney who did a lot of the collaboration on that from the tech side let me send you all out uh, after this morning of celebration with these words You're about to enter into your world, your home, your family, your neighborhood, maybe your workplace, if you're going back, maybe the grocery store, if you're shopping this week, you're gonna encounter people. God's gonna put people strategically in your path. Here's what I wanna say. You were made for this. You were made to love God with all that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. It's what he's asked of us and, and, and what... What more could he ask? What less could he ask? This is what he's created us for. Let's live into our purpose. Don't forget that you are loved. You are loved by God to the point of overflowing. And that love can flow out of you into others. And I want to ask you, keep sharing stories. Keep going to that website. Where have you seen God at work in this season? Share your story with us so we can continue to celebrate in the months to come. Looking forward to ramping up toward that Sunday that we will be able to, Lord willing, gather again in person, in the flesh. I cannot wait. So God bless you this week as you go. Enjoy this day. Enjoy this week. Amen.